A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Johan Goodmanson. That's how you say hello in Icelandic. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I've just found it. Somebody left a sticker of uh, Johan Goodmanson, who plays for Burnley FC. I saw Sean Dyche in the um, uh, VIP area at uh, the Alouette Festival. Stop talking. About, you're never going to meet it. Oh, you're never going to meet John Dyche. He didn't say hello. He's very tall. Why don't you marry it if you love it so much? If he's very tall, how can he eat the worms? <laughs> um, who knows? Who knows? That's what contributes to his tallness. Um, <laughs> episode 77 of the Luke and Pete show. You're very welcome here. I'm Luke, and this is the Pete yes, over yes, there. Yes, 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 um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> enjoying that. Do you remember in Camden, uh, drug dealers used to sell their wares by going, yes, 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 yes. There was a guy outside Harbour yes, yes. Station the other day. Oh, I bloody enjoyed, I have to say. Right. He was an older guy, um, Rasta guy. Is he out. the one selling out uh, drum and bass? Drum and bass! Yeah, but he also, yeah. He, he does drum and bass, drum and bass, drum and bass, and yeah. then he goes, Roots and Culture. Roots and Culture. Which I love, which I yeah, love. Yeah, he's, some, I love. yeah he's, he's a bit of a legend around the Hollow area. Legend. Legend in the game. Yeah. Have, um, uh, have you been, Luke? I've been all right. But I'm, I'm sort of curious as to know why the, over the last three days your sunburn hasn't really subsided because we record two shows together oh you fucking wanker you're a wanker Dawson yeah anyway, t- if anyone's a wanker you are mate <laughs> in your Bermuda shorts still why yeah. are you wearing the same clothes mate they're not Bermuda shorts they are Bermuda shorts they're just short they, they are have they got a drawstring I'm a stand up no they haven't have they got belt loops oh, they got belt loops still Bermuda that's Bermuda as, as fuck mate Franklin Marshall but <laughs> why are you lifting your shirt up you. Why are, you, why are you shirtlifting? No, <laughs> none of that. God, it's just going to be easier to get it out, isn't it? Um, uh, shirt, I was talking about sh- the term shirtlifting. Um, a right. a gay slur. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no bones, make no bones about it. But um, somebody made the point that uh, like shirtlifting, it, it sounds quite literary. It's probably something from like the, the Victorian times or something. Yeah. Shirtlifting. Um, sounds quite Oscar Wilde. But I always thought, for, so I, rather naively, uh, the shirt lifting um, was the front of the, 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 the shirt rather than the back. <laughs> right. Like you wanted to see a man's belly, but obviously it's lifting up the back of the shirt to gain access to um, the treadsman's entrance, so to speak. <laughs> which is like, which, but I think it's wonderfully naive of me. I went through the whole of life until quite recently thinking that, oh, you're a shirt lifter. You want to see a belly button? Yeah. I mean, that a is an innocent that, idea about I mean, what. Uh, on the scale of one to naive, that is quite naive. Yeah. I mean, that is, to it's be quite honest. quite innocent, though. It's quite, quite sweet in a way. The modern gay man, there's a, there's a, there's a, a lot of love for the um, abs. So, you know, abs probably weren't Works such both a ways. big deal. So, yeah, it, there's probably more front shirt lifters 
um, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> there's probably more people lifting up the front of a shirt uh, than ever before in many ways. Let's have a have break. <laughs> And that's ads, Jason Cundy. That's ads. <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Oh, man. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, Peter, now you've let people behind the curtain and told them that occasionally... Under the shirt, my we leg, do, mate. We, we do... Stop it. Stop we do it. two shows instead of one yeah. uh, when we record. What are you now going to make up for what you've been up to recently? What have I been up to Oh, yeah. I've uh, I've been hoisted by my own shirt there, haven't I? You have. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, um, you let yourself down really I'm looking around the room now I've noticed that in uh, I say to bring more football into it after I mentioned Sean Dyche and a couple of other things uh, oh saw Peter Crouch at the Isle of Wight Festival <laughs> no you didn't he was at the Isle of Wight Festival he was, he, was a, he was a fixture at the Isle of Wight Festival and he was being driven around in a golf buggy because he's so tall like he doesn't really fit in a golf buggy no. it was like when you know when the Simpsons go to a driving really top, and Dino really... sticks his head on the roof it was like that Oh, that's the Flintstones. The what did Simpsons. I say? Sorry, Simpsons. The Simpsons is when they got they got. Dino was in the Simpsons. They got that really tall guy who's in that really small car. Yes, this was the this was the biggest car I could afford. Yeah, that's right. So Peter Crouch, what did you speak to him? No, was he having his nachos? He was not having his nachos, but he was enjoying Kasabi, not watching Depeche Mode though. So if he tells lies about enjoying Depeche Mode because to try and sound like a cool cat, that's bullshit. That sounds like something you would do, Donaldson. Yeah, I didn't watch him. Welcome Didn't to the, the second part cannon. of episode 76, oh. which is what this sounds like. Um, oh. Last time around, we talked a bit about the beer flood. Beer flood. Um, um, Watch that, out, mate. Whether that was... You <laughs> spilt my beer factory. There's beer coming. Brilliant. No, no, it's not brilliant. People are dying. If anything, there's too much beer. Dying pissed. Um, and I, I worked out that it would have indeed at least consumed the lower... Oh, you've only got one floor on your flat, haven't you? What do you mean? So yeah. you're, on the, you're on the first floor. I would have been there with a um, fancy ladle going, I know people are dying, but Donnie's thirsty. Yeah. And um, you were also... Uh, you, stout. You also would have... Gross. You, you would have said, um, oh, it's not as tasty as a beer you can get with beer 52. <laughs> this is 52 pints at least. Can I just say something funny? Um, when when I was asked to proof the uh, landing page for Beer 52, right. someone had called, someone someone called it the Luke and Paul show. Right. <laughs> I knew you'd be pissed off about that. That's a dig. They're getting confused with the birds. You remember like, um, fly away Peter, fly away Paul? Oh, well, do you reckon that's why? Come back Peter, come back Paul. Yeah, my granddad used to completely confuse me that when I was a kid. What do you mean? You know how it used to what, work? The, the, yeah. So you it? put little pieces of paper on your index fingers right. and fly them away, but you oh, bring yes. your middle fingers back down. And you wouldn't know. Um, I could never work out what was happening. I'd be looking behind my granddad's head. What's he done with him? Oh, what's he doing with the what? The bits of paper? Yeah. Do you, do you know how it works? I don't remember the game? paper. I don't remember the paper. So the game, the game works. Right. I'll um, I'll um, the I'll bring game. you up to speed. The game basically <laughs> works with you get two pieces of um, small pieces of paper. Yeah. And you prick stick them onto fingernails of your index fingers. Right. You place your index fingers on the side of a table. Yes. And you've got a small child sitting opposite you, and you say, "Always, this one's Peter. This one's Paul." Yeah. And then you say, fly away, Peter, fly away, Paul. You put your fingers behind your head. Yes. And you bring back down your middle fingers, not your index fingers. So ah. it looks like the, the birds have disappeared. I see. And and what's actually happening is the pieces of paper are still on your index fingers, which are now beneath the table. I think my... No, I didn't have a granddad. Um, who was that man in my life? <laughs> who was that old man in my Stuart, life? Stuart. Um, who was that? Uh, he was doing... I think he did it with, like, corns or something on his finger, like little paper corns. You can do it with anything. Yeah. yeah. Fly away, but Peter. That's, that's the Paul. trick. That's the trick. Come back, Peter. Come back, Paul. Lovely yeah. old job. All right, then. Let's shut up and do some blooming emails. Yeah? Does that sound good? Sounds right to me, pal. 
You want a slice of this, dear? Yeah, I'll take a slice of that <laughs> pie. Piece of that, mate. With a side. Oh, I was going to say with a side order of sass. So the first step is to find the right position for you. Put your hands down and lower your chest to the ground. Just do that and pretend that you're holding pooping, and it should sound a lot like this. That was uh, a boy on the internet doing something we've discussed on more than one occasion on this show. He sounds a bit like the actor that plays Joffrey in <laughs> Game of Thrones. I would love to have seen the scene in Game of Thrones where he showed his complete lack of empathy by sucking in a fart and blowing it out. Yeah. Yeah, baby. That's for Westeros. That's for- um, That kid who plays him, I think he's... Um, nice in real life. Oh, he comes across as a lovely chap, but he's lovely very, very chap. good in that, in that show. Yeah. And he's also said that he's got no interest in acting again. Oh really? Yeah, I think he's going. To, he's, he's gone back to university. He's going to study, and he's got no interest in being an actor. That's what. Uh, who was Queen Amidala in Star Wars? I realise she's done way better things. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. She went to, um, um, not Havana. What was the uh, university we were talking about? I mean, Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? That, that word inhabits the same part of my brain as Havana and Harvard. It's confusing. I, I imagine for you. <laughs> but she's she's acted before and since. She's in Annihilation. Yeah, she, yeah, she, we talked w- about she took four years out to do uh, right. to do her uh, her degree in Harvard. I think um, thing out of um, Weezer did it as well. Good uh, theme that um, actors who have been in iconic roles mm. but then never acted again. I've got another one for you. What the kid in The Shining. He's never done anything again? Nope. He's Whoa. a teacher in middle America. Holy moly. He was told also, because they didn't want to scare him or frighten him as a boy, mm. they told him they were making a comedy. <laughs> so he, he he didn't appear scared or anything, so he acted completely normally, and, that's, ah. and that makes it even more sinister. Spooky. But I'm, I'm fairly sure. We might yeah. have even talked about it on this show. Um, he's never guy, acted again. Uh, in the film Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the actor called Robert Redford has never acted since that film. Is that right? Yeah, yes. yeah. And he didn't so, do anything since either. I'm fairly that. I'm fairly sure that's uh, that, that's the case. Not handsome enough for the for the, for the movies anyway. <laughs> Not handsome enough for the business. Oh, God. oh Paul Newman. I used yeah. to love a bit of Paul Newman. Oh yeah. Cool Paul and, Newman is cool. And Luke the Hustler. Whoa. Minnesota Fats. Whoa. Minnesota Fats. Minnesota Fats. I mean, he's not sexy. He's very much the bad guy in the Hustler. But uh, yeah, you're a fan. God. Cat on a hot tin roof. Oh, Newman. I like. I, I think towering he, inferno. Oh, he's possibly Newman. he's possibly the most handsome man in Hollywood history. Yeah, I would he's say. Beautiful. Yeah, definitely. He is a knockout. Um, yes. Yeah, so email in hello at lukeandpeach.com <laughs> if you've got anyone else who's in an iconic role in a movie but has not acted since then or has has recused themselves in Jeff Sessions style from the business well, you afterwards. Ma- well, you sort of tell yourself that... Um, did the woman out... Did the young girl out of Matilda ever act again? Was that a big... Because she's always on Twitter saying stuff and people are like, That is oh, a very good cool. point. I'm actually going to Google that because I saw that on TV the, the other day and it's quite a cute movie. Mm. Um, and I wonder if I've seen her in anything since. People were really um, surprised because uh, the woman out of... Um, is it... Uh, not Kelly LeBrock. Who was in um, Top Gun with um, Tom Cruise? It was in to- Kelly McGillis. Kelly McGillis. Yeah. Uh, she was seen, uh, well, basically a paparazzi caught a picture of her, sold the pictures because she looks like a, a normal 50-odd-year-old woman uh, and basically went, oh, doesn't she look different to Tom Cruise? We are obviously, she's gone to act. Basically, she um, opened an acting school, I think, and, and she teaches acting. Um, but um, usual Hollywood TMZ crap. Uh, basically said, oh, doesn't she look rough? Oh, she looks like a normal 50-odd-year-old woman who... Um, Much like yourself. ...hasn't invested... <laughs> 
in yeah, I'd invested in certain things. Let's um, say. This will be interesting to you. Mara Hello. Wilson, who plays uh, the title role, yes. uh, Matilda Wormwood in the film Matilda, mm. is a voice actor on BoJack Horseman. Oh. There you go. That's what she's or she doing. Said, at the or she was. She was. That's what she's doing at the moment. There you go. So that answers your question. She's also in uh, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street and Mrs. Oh. Doubtfire. Oh, so she did do a few. Before. That was very that's, before. Shy, yeah, that's before. Yeah. Okay. That's before. Okay. That's before. That's before. That's before. Let's just relax, guy. Different. Relax. Different. Relax your way into emails. <laughs> Let's have an email. Um. um oh, have you got something else to say first? Have I was going to say the uh, your, your uh, windbag. Pollyanna. What? Who was the grandmother of Crispin Mills? Haley Mills was the yeah. grandmother of Haley uh, of Crispin Mills from yeah. uh, Cooler Shaker. Haley Mills was the actor, and Crispin Mills was the son who was in Cooler Shaker, singer, songwriter, guitar player. Mm. What about it? I can't remember. Okay, good it's stuff. Just, it just again, it just happens that part of my mind. It's just good radio. It's just good stuff. I think I was trying to get round to a story that I can't tell on the radio, so I'll tell you it later. So good. Okay, well, listen, that's... I've nothing that's, to do with either of those people, but I'll tell you later, all right? Okay. You look out, Luke, you look forward to that, all right, Luke? I will do, mate, yeah. You, you get that little smile. I mean, I, I'm terribly, terribly sorry to interrupt mm. this, but do you mind if I do an email? Yeah, all right. Uh, good. Here we go. What do you want? What do you fancy? I'll tell you what, I've titled them because I quite like doing that. Okay. And you've got a choice between the following. Okay. Okay. George W. Bush, a liar. <laughs> uh, a love letter to Bourdain. Or an unlikely tale about a snake in Bradford. Ooh, let's have a bit of George Bush. George Bush. Okay, this is a short one, and it's from Mark Chilton, who I think has emailed him before. Okay, Chilton. Hello to you, Mark. He says, hello, gents. I was listening to your latest pod when you briefly mentioned that Keith Floyd claimed he joined the army because of the film Zulu, (laughs) even though it was released the year after he enrolled. (laughs) And also that Tony Blair supports Newcastle because he seems to have vivid memories of things that clearly didn't happen like watching Jackie Milburn play. Mm. Milburn retired when Blair was four years old and at that time living in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward a couple of years later and Tony's old mate, George W. Bush, was asked what his favourite book from his childhood was. Mm. He answered, The Very Hungry Caterpillar. The answer doesn't sound so strange until you discover that book was published when George was 21. (laughs) Keep up the great work. All the best, Mark. And that's quite a famous story about George W. Bush. What I would say, an absolutely iconic um, moment in in history, yeah. When George W. Bush is told that the two towers have been hit in New York, mm. and he's reading a book, he's to, reading a, a child, a child's book, yeah, to a to a class of children. Mm. Honestly, hairs on the back of your neck, stunningly um, fascinating moment, devastating mm. moment, of course, but a fascinating one nonetheless. But anyway, that's that's from Mark Chilton. Thanks for mm. that. Um, do you want? Have you got there, one there ready? A, there was an oft photoshopped um, image of George Bush uh, in that same classroom, uh, but he's reading in the books upside down. Uh, but that wasn't strictly true. It was a Photoshop. A, it was a Photoshop. Well, not only was it not strictly true, it wasn't true. It was a Photoshop. That's how it works. Are you going? People will be dying to know, Pete, after the the, the unbridled success of last um, show of episode seventy six. Are you going back into the classic email bin beneath the beneath the bow speaker? I can do. Yeah, or I can have one of yours that you sent over. All right, let's have a classic one. All right, Sartak. Sarthak, or Sarthak, rather, uh, Matravardia, which is fantastic. Great name. name. Uh, if, if indeed I'm saying it correctly. Uh, emailing in from work as I came across a, a story potentially worthy of Mencarta. So can we do a Mencarta this early in the show? Well, you've pulled out the bin, mate. The bin is the, the, bin, mm. is the bin. All right. The bin is the bin, so we'll move Mencarta to a little bit earlier in the show. And I'll do the Bourdain after. Okay. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. That's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. Duh. <laughs> it feels odd to have a good quality made and rendered jingle. Don't be rude. Do you have a mind, <laughs> do you have a mind maze in Encarta? It was like a kind of little video game inside Encarta where you could just, where it was like a maze and at every turn you'd um, get a bit of information or have to do a quiz no. or something. I remember the basketball video. Mind so, maze. you want to play some basketball? <laughs> mind maze. Uh, email from work as I came across a story potentially worthy of Encarta. Uh, before we get into that, though, the batteries in the projector remote at work. Rayovac TM. <laughs> Rayovac. Rayovac. Yeah, it's nice. They sound brilliant. It's I like, like Rayovac. Radium in them. They're one of my favourites. For um, those who are tuning in and don't know anything about this, we just discovered a while, point, a while ago at some point that batteries that you get when you buy electronics, consumer electronics, yeah. they're always weirdly branded. You know, They yeah. never give you like a Duracell. They always knock off Chinese crazy brands with yeah. like words like Matador on them. And everyone's got them. It's a, it's a, it's a, everyone's it's, got them. It's something that unites us all. <laughs> um, so if you think about it, from everyone fr- who's got a consumer electronic good, so anyone from you know Donald Trump, in the Oval Office, yep. on his VH, VHS VCR, whatever it is, yep. he's quite an 80s man, so he's mm. probably got a VCR. Mm. Um, in his remote, I bet he's got a pair of lusties, super lusties. <laughs> lusties! Well, he's known for it. Possibly even some, gr- some gritties. Some, gr- you know, some and then gritty even, lusties. And then your, your nan, by the same token, your nan. Your nan. In her, in her little radio, she's probably got a... Um, she's probably got, Come on. Come on now. She's probably got a pair of, um, I don't know. Runkles. Yeah, pair of runkles. Pair of runkles. Pair of runkles. Pair of pear deers. <laughs> pear deer industrials. I present to you the story of Matt Souter. Hello, Souter. Uh, the man who survived the longest tornado-aided flight. Tor- hang on a minute. Tornado. Tornado-aided flight should I... not be a sentence that no. you hear. When I first heard it, I thought, like, the tornado in the, the aircraft, but clearly not. In 2006, the 19-year-old Missouri uh, native was in his grandmother's trailer home when the weather became rowdy. <laughs> Rowdy. I like that. Um, another battery brand. In uh, an attempt to shield himself from the storm, Suter was standing on the sofa and attempting to close the living room window. Suddenly, things got ten cans of crazy. The noise became unbearable. The floor of the trailer started moving just like jello. A massive force hit the trailer, tearing the doors from their hinges and generally wrecking shit. Wow. Furniture went into poltergeist mode, flying around and smacking at the Suter. At this point, it was clear that the storm was a twister. This became even clearer when Suter, wearing only his underpants, was sucked out of the trailer through a collapsing <laughs> wall into the raging darkness beyond. As death scenes go, this was both extremely cinematic and utterly unsurvivable. So Except- why, why was he wearing his underpants? Why aren't you wearing yours? What do you mean? He said only wearing only his underpants. He was in his trailer. Oh, okay, fine. Did, did people are allowed to wear their underpants in. You know, maybe he was going to bed. All right, uh, fair or enough. Maybe he just finished that's copulating. A, that's, a fair, <laughs> that's a fair answer to my question. Yeah. Um, except it, it was utterly unsurvivable, except that this man totally survived. By the time Suter regained uh, consciousness, he was lying four football fields away from the remains of his trailer. 
That is incredible. Isn't that amazing? The yeah. twister had been hurling him around until he ended up in a grass field almost a quarter mile away and across a barbed wire fence. He survived the 150 mile uh, per hour ride with, with just uh, minor cuts and bruises. The astonished agents of the National Weather Service measured the precise distance of his flight at 1,307 feet, which is the longest tornado-aided flight a human has ever survived, especially with such minor injuries. <laughs> That's 400 metres. Isn't that those, wonderful? For, for our metric cousins. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, it's he, terrifying. I wonder if he remembers anything about it. Obviously. No, probably, probably not. not no. Yeah. Be good. It'd be an interesting sort of sensation, wouldn't it? I wonder if he's still alive. Well, we, can, we can only hope. I was sucked out of my trailer in my pants. <laughs> he wouldn't say pants, would he? In my drawers. Yeah. Uh, that happened to me at uh, a place I was over the weekend uh, where the man in the hotel I was staying in, he was some Bulgarian, he went, you have left your pants in the room. Right. I went, and I said, I will bring them down. I was like, no, you don't have to touch my pants. I'll come up. They were trousers. Oh, okay. So, a little bit of knowledge there about Bulgaria. Is it, is it knowledge about Bulgaria? It's important, if you're ever in Bulgaria. You find yourself in that situation, yep. rest assured that Pete Donaldson has the experience. <laughs> Damn right. Here's a love letter to Anthony Bourdain. Okay. From Stacey Miller-Bruzek of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeehaw! Um, That's not how they talk. Nah. <laughs> Minneapolis is more sort of, of yar, like Norwegian type. Norwegian. Yeah. Really? Kurt Baker. You know Kurt Baker? He's from Minneapolis. He is. He is. And he's, his wife is of he's Norwegian Prince. descent. And they've moved to Norway. They have, haven't they? There yes. you go, see? There's a link. Oh, so um, his wife isn't even truly Norwegian. You want to picture that part of the world? Fargo. Yes, right, okay. Yeah, but busier. Minneapolis Near Chicago, busier. isn't it? I don't know. Uh, um, Stacey says, hey Luke, love the show. Uh, just caught up on the last few pods. I wanted to send a quick note about Bourdain. There really are reasons people are still so gutted about his death. His shows, Parts Unknown and No Reservations, were so much more than food shows. Hardly food shows at all, really, and much, much more than the standard-issued travel shows. Honestly, they were about really digging into a country's culture, indie music scene, history, socioeconomic, political reality, but not in a heavy-handed, pedantic way. Mm. Combine that with Anthony's edgy, prose poetry style of narration, his shockingly gentle and warm approach with the villagers, tribes and families who invited him to the table, and sometimes achingly stunning videography, and these shows were truly unlike anything else. We've sometimes compared Anthony to 80s slash 90s Michael Palin, only because they both share a uniquely authentic approach to travel documentaries, never polishing over the rough bits, but still just so respectful and grateful for the opportunity to meet and share time with the people who welcomed them. But much as I love Michael, Bourdain was singularly, heartbreakingly in a class all of his own. I just didn't want you to miss out on some truly unique and beautiful television. Start with the Cuba episode from 2015. It's a classic. The husband and I really do love the show. Thanks, Stacey Miller-Bruzek. Ah, oh, thank you, Stacey and uh, husband, I guess, as by um, association. But a lot of love for Bourdain out there. A lot of love That's for just B, B one, Dog. One of the emails I picked out. Yeah. Um, I've got an email about a snake in Bradford, but you're going to go in one first, aren't you? Uh, well, uh, why don't I just read out the snake in Bradford? Go on then, you Peter. Re- you You've got it as well. To it. Did I send it to you? You did, yes. I normally like to hoard my favourites. Cheeky boy. I'm not sure um, This one comes from... God, this is a long email. John. Hello, John. Pleasure to have your email in our box, so to speak. It's an unlikely tale about a snake in Bradford. I don't know how much of this is true, but at the same time, I don't care. Ha <laughs> um, Oh, uh, I'll start by <laughs> issuing my dismay at your questioning of my poo on a bed story. I can assure you here and now that it definitely did occur, and Paul would probably be happy to tell you all about it. He's not shy in coming forward or indeed shitting on beds. I don't remember that. I don't remember that, Must but it sounds very much like us. One of the annals. If, so, if I woke up one day and a policeman was telling me, you know, something from the last night, I got. Yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll cut to the chase. I was reading a story on Lad Bible today. I know this is frowned upon, but the headline just jumped out at me and helped me through a particular 
stubborn situation. Uh, he says turd again. I'm not going <laughs> to read out turd. John, you should even not be I'm, emailing like this. Even I'm not getting involved. The problem um, of you emailing this sort of thing is that people read it out. Yeah, because yeah, this is the first I've read it. Uh, the story was a, about a snake on the loose, and it reminded me of a wonderful tale I heard whilst travelling in Latin America. One night after many beers, my fiancé and me sat down with two guys from England and exchanged all manner of funny stories. Most of it was fairly tame stuff. Uh, and then David, a former teacher from Bradford, dropped a slithery bombshell on us. He told us that as a child he'd had a pet snake, Unfortunately, uh, due to the uh, tonyas I drunk, the beer of Nicaragua, Nicaragua, uh, I can't uh, remember the type of snake. It was a Texan something or other, and he described it as not deadly but very aggressive. One day, to his horror, he spotted that his snake had escaped. The family frantically searched the property, and no sign of it could be found. It was winter in Bradford, uh, so they didn't think much of it and assumed it wouldn't last long in the cold conditions. Lo and behold, nearly 12 months later, it turned up in David's garden. They were bewildered, but assumed it had found shelter outside a nearby takeaway. It could have been a Texan indigo snake, Stop which Googling is snakes. apparently non-venomous. <laughs> All right. Could have been. Absor- absorbing the heat from the kitchen and feasting on rats and mice, which is obviously next to a uh, takeaway. Uh, about, <laughs> about four months later, they lost it again. And for some uh, unknown reason, again, decided not to alert the RSPCA or the authorities. This time, uh, the weather was beginning to heat up and three or four houses down from them, the elderly neighbours were enjoying a cup of tea in the garden. Gazing up, the husband noticed a bird of uh, prey flying above with something long and black dangling from it. David claims that at this point the bird dropped the snake and then it fell down harshly and clunked the man on his bald head. <laughs> Naturally, you'd be alarmed at this random aerial snake delivery, but not this man. He demonstrated the grit and hard work that millennials can only dream of. He picked up the snake and wrestled it into a bag for life and took it to David's house, knowing his family were the kind of oddballs that kept exotic snakes. The snake was fine, and for what I understand, lived a fairly straightforward life from then on. I still question the validity of this story, but I hope to God it's true. If you'd like to hear a better explanation, you can uh, find the said snake over as an owner on Facebook. It's called David Narayan Lee, uh, and I'm sure he'll be happy to tell you about it because he seemed to have told it numerous times before. Well, John, they, it, hell of a story, even if uh, the, it came from Lad Bible, to be quite frank. No, no, you said that inspired that story. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so it's, right, not, it's okay. not from Lad Bible. Oh, fair dues. Um, it, and I also like the idea, I mean, everyone loves the idea of a snake falling from a great height and clunking onto a man's mm. bald head. Why is it funnier when things hit bald men's heads? It's the noise. It is. It, for example, if, you, <laughs> if you're walking along and you've got a, a fine head of hair, Pete, and a bird takes a shit on your hair, which has happened recently, I believe. Uh, yes, it has. Yeah. yeah, it probably didn't make any sort of sound or have too much no. of an impact. If it's hitting a bold pate... It's this. It's that. It's going to make a... Sound, isn't it? <laughs> That's too loud. How big is this but bird? Look, look, I've got lo- an egg. I've got lots of hair, right? If a bird, if a bird poo is splatting on my head, yeah. this is the sound it's going to make, right? Yeah, right? not as... Um, if it hits a bald as, head... It doesn't feel viscous. I'll use the back of my hand yeah. as an as an ersatz bald head. Right. Yeah. It's better. Yeah. It's much better. It's t- <laughs> now think of what a snake would do. Yeah. When you were t- see, when we talk about snakes, it remind me of a story I read on Twitter recently, uh, where um, it's too weird to not be true. Um, the uh, a hotel motel had a blockage in a toilet. Uh, and, and this story's been shared um, far and wide, so apologies if you've already read this, but it really, really made me think and worry and be scared. Um, basically, this uh, toilet was blocked in a motel, and um, so they got um, they kept trying to unblock this thing, and it wouldn't get it wouldn't the blockage would not be cleared. Um, so basically, they got this specialist um, plumber out who had this big, long kind of grabby thing. Um, that was kind of flexible and stuff, and they could operate with a lever. Right. Sort of grab, grab, grab. Like a dyno rod type. Yeah, like a dyno rod yeah. sort of thing. So anyway, so, so they, they, they pushed it down the toilet for ages and, ages and, and and grabbed what they thought, well, they grabbed a blockage, basically. 
uh, that was stopping the um, water from clearing. And they pulled and pulled and pulled. A whole shower curtain, somebody had flushed down the loo. So they were like, oh my God. What? But How's way, that even possible? But the weirdest thing, well, I mean, you could get a shower curtain, you could jam it down, couldn't you? And it would make a blockage. You wouldn't be able to get anything, you wouldn't be able to pass anything through. Sure, sure. Um, and they're normally made of plastic as well, so but, they won't deteriorate. No, and, uh, but the uh, weird thing was, the shower curtain was still there in that room. So either two things had happened. They'd flushed the shower curtain, panicked about losing the shower curtain. They'd gone out and buy, bought another shower curtain and put it up. Yeah. Or they'd found a shower curtain from somewhere else and flushed that down the loo, not using the shower curtain that they had. What actually had happened was the man had put the snaky snake thing down the loo. It'd come out of a toilet elsewhere in the hotel Fuck off! Grab the shower curtain. No, no, no. Grab the shower curtain from there. Come out the toilet. Grab the like flailed (laughs) around. Witnessed by the witnessed by the tenant of that hotel room. Witnessed by no one. This this snaky thing coming out the toilet, grabbing the shower curtain and pulling it down through the toilet and out the other toilet. And that's why there was another toilet. Get Sarah Koenig on. Because I'll tell you something now. That is, if that is anywhere near true, imagine, which it fucking isn't, ima- that is amazing. Imagine being in that toilet and going, just seeing this snake come out the, come out the loo, grab your shower curtain and then fuck off with it down the loo. That Absolutely is unreal. chilling. That can't be true. Uh, well, unreal. It's, it's such unreal. a weird story. Real. It's such a weird story. Um, speaking of that, I thought, I thought you were going to say, and wrapped in the shower curtain was like a, an adolescent crocodile or something. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that reminded me of, I mean, that shower curtain story is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. It's doable. Uh, but they would see that the shower curtain's brand new. What? So, well, if it's come out of a toilet, grabbed the shower curtain, taken it down with it, it's going to only have been in this pipe for like 10 seconds. So it's going to be a brand yeah, but, new... Yeah, but it could have yeah, been in that... Yeah, but the blockage has only just appeared. So the toilet, so the, the shower curtain, as far as they're concerned, has only been in the toilet. So what for was at the blockage then? So what was the blockage? They didn't find it. <laughs> so there the wasn't way. a blockage. There was no, it sounds like there was no blockage. Crazy, huh? I need to speak to your doctor. Wild. What a wild story. <laughs> it, it, anyway, if it was going to be like an animal. Snorps.com. Let's get on that. Yeah, we the, should. It's a shower curtain story. Hello at lukeandpeach.com with any story of that nature. Shower curtains. But, but you know, Pete, I don't know if you saw this, but a while ago, and I mean years, mm. not that long ago, but certainly we, you would measure it in years. I remember seeing either some sort of documentary or VT on the one show or something like that, right. where they were doing. Um, exploratory work on the London Underground. So more, more London yes, Underground yeah, yeah, chat. Yeah. And um, I, th- I think I'm right in saying, and again, this is a Snopes.com, and if, if you know different, then please do get in touch. They were talking about having little stun guns, little tasers, mm. because the rats had got so big, mm. they're actually quite threatening to, to your safety. Right. And they were talking about them being the size of like small pigs. Uh, and I'd love to know <laughs> if that was true. And it was either London or New York, in the subway in New York. Because you know there's people who live full-time in the subway in New York. There's a documentary about it. Right, yeah. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but that, that sort of stuff is, is troubling, to say the least. Well, have you ever seen a mouse bigger than a fingernail on the tube? There's never it. They're, they're no, but that's a mouse. I, I've had a rat in my dining room my cat's brought in, which was the size of a, of a, of a trio bounty. <laughs> yeah, but in like, terms the, of length. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you, um, you actually don't see that many rats on the, on the tube. No, you don't. Like, no. no, you see mice a lot. Yeah, but yeah. the rats are down in the tunnels, that's why. Yeah. There's, 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 um, near where I live, my local pub, is as all the bins across this little side street. If you're walking down there to cut through to go to the train station... Mm you can occasionally see quite large rats running around. And I've also told you before, um, a friend of mine, I was walking to work with him, and he trod in something, and he, thought, and he thought, oh, God, it's a dog shit, and it was a, it was a dead rat. What's better? Dog shit or dead rat? 
And I also... Yeah, it's a good mm. question. I also told you about a little lake near my parents' house which flooded and all those water voles came out onto the pavement. Oh, So that, it does happen. That's They're nice. all around us. Le- well, you're in London. You're never more than um, six feet away from a massive dickhead. <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> and um, that's just in this studio. Yeah. I um, I would very much encourage people to get in touch. Hello at LukeandPeacher.com. Tell us what you think of Pete's shower curtain story. I think it's definitely um, true. If you, I mean, my goodness me. Get in touch with your theories. That's all, that's all I'll say. Uh, but that's about it from us, isn't it, Peter? Let's get out of here. Let's um, back on Monday. Shut Luke and Pete, show.com if you Show, what are you talking about? What? I've just said hello at Luke hello. and Pete, and you're mucking Hello at Luke and Pete, show.com. You're mucking about your buttons. Yeah, I am. I get distracted. Hello at Luke and Pete, show.com is the email. Not what I just said. Yeah. And we'll see you on Monday. Have a lovely, lovely weekend. And thank you again for listening. Uh, do leave us a review on iTunes and tell all your friends. Oh, God, I'm sweaty. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.